Is this the office of Sir Wellabus? It pleases me to answer your inquiry in the affirmative, Sir Moonmoth. Beyond that black carved door is the place of business of my master, Cornelly Wellbus, commercial factor, importer, and exporter. And that's your master sitting up there on the veranda? I don't recognize him. Yes, Master Moonmoth, it is he that you behold, wearing a modest variation of the Waldemar mask. Ah, I see. I think. <clears throat> um, good morning, Sir Willibus. Good morning. The Crowdatch, Sir Willibus? To your friend and fellow outworlder? Uh, may I ask how long you've been sitting here on your porch? Hmm. The Crabaron, more friendly. I've been here 15 or 20 minutes. Why do you ask? I just wonder if you noticed a forest goblin pass by. He went on down the esplanade, turned into that first mask shop, I believe. Of course. That would be his first move. I'll never find him once he changes masks. Oh? Who is this forest goblin? I don't see any reason not to tell you, Sir Willibus. He's a notorious criminal. Haxo Angmark. Haxo Angmark? You're... You sure he's here? Reasonably sure. Oh, this is bad news. Bad news indeed. He's an unscrupulous scoundrel. I understand you knew him well. As well as anyone. As well as anyone. He held the post I now occupy. I came out as an inspector and found that he was embezzling 4,000 UMIs a month. I'm sure he feels no great gratitude toward me. I hope you catch him. He went into the mask shop, you said? Thank you, Sir Wellibus, for... Sir Wellibus? Thank you for nothing. Accept the compliments of an outworlder on your window display, Sarah Maskmaker. Ah, uh, yes. Imagine you have a hundred miniature masks, some carved from rare woods and minerals, dressed with emerald flakes, spiderweb silk, wasp wings, petrified fish scales, and many things I could not identify. Even your mask, Sir Mask Maker. It is a universal expert mask. I am told it is fabricated from over 2,000 bits of articulated wood, is it not? Oh. So, um... A stranger is an interesting person to deal with. His habits are unfamiliar. He excites curiosity. Not 20 minutes ago... A stranger entered this fascinating shop to exchange his drab forest goblin for one of the remarkable and adventurous creations assembled on the premises. I... Ah, you play that instrument, whatever it is, very... I mean, um... To an outworlder on a foreign planet... The voice of one from his home is like water to a wilting plant. A person who could unite two such persons 
might find satisfaction in such an act of mercy. An artist values his moments of concentration. He does not care to spend time exchanging banalities with persons of at best average prestige. Oh, that is an interesting observation. Into the shop comes a person who evidently has picked up for the first time an instrument of unparalleled complication. For the execution of his music is open to criticism. He sings of homesickness and longing for the sight of others like himself. He dissembles his enormous straw behind a moon moth. But he plays the strap hand to a master craftsman and sings in a voice of contemptuous raillery. The refined and creative artist ignores the provocation. He plays a polite instrument, remains non-committal, and trusts that the stranger will tire of his sport and depart. I, I, I didn't mean to. The noble mask maker completely misunderstands me and my. The stranger now sees fit to ridicule the artist's comprehension. <sighs> to protect myself from the heat, I wander into a small and unpretentious mask shop. The artisan, though still distracted by the novelty of his tools, gives promise of development. He works zealously to perfect his skill so much so that he refuses to converse with strangers, no matter what their need. Oh, there's no need to turn off your lathe. Where are you going? I, I didn't mean to, sir, sir, mask maker. I didn't mean to. Behold, a wonder! I wear a mask of gold and iron, with wild flames licking up from the scalp. In one hand I play the scarani, in the other I hold a scimitar. <laughs> Even the most accomplished artist can augment his strach by killing sea monsters, nightmen, and persistent idlers. For me, such an occasion is at hand. The artist delays his attack exactly ten seconds because the offender wears a moon moth. Ah. Sir Maskmaker, did a forest goblin enter the shop? Did he depart with a new mask? Five seconds have lapsed. Haxo Agmark walks at liberty and fan. Help me. Two seconds remain. <gasps> Sir Moonmoth, I'm glad to see you. Who are? Oh yes, a forest owl. It's you, Sir Kershaw. Good morning. In the shop, choosing a mask or two. And how are the musical studies coming? Have you mastered the C sharp plus scale on the gamma part? As I recall, you were finding those inverse intervals puzzling. I've worked on them. However, since I'll probably be recalled to Polypolis, it may all be time wasted. What's this? You've heard of Haxo Angmark? He's on the loose. I failed to stop him. Well, yes, I recall Angmark. Not a gracious personality, but an excellent musician with quick fingers and a real talent for new instruments. What are your plans, Sir Thistle? Plans? They're non-existent. I haven't any idea what masks he'll be wearing, and if I don't know what he looks like, how can I find him? Hmm. 
In the old days, he favored the exogambian cycle, and I believe he used an entire set of nether denizens. Now, of course, his tastes may have changed. Exactly. He might be right in front of me, and I'd never know it. I just asked for information in this mask maker shop. He's no help. No one will tell me anything. I doubt if anybody in Cyrene cares that a murderer is walking their docks. Quite correct, Sir Thistle. Cyrene's standards are different from ours. They have no sense of responsibility. I doubt if they'd throw a rope to a drowning man. It's true that they dislike interference. They emphasize individual responsibility and self-sufficiency. Which is all very interesting, but I'm still in the dark about Angmark. And um, should you locate Angmark, what will you do then? I'll carry out the orders of my superior. Angmark is a dangerous man, Sarah Thistle. He's got a number of advantages over Well, you. it's my duty to send him back to Polypolis. Except that he's probably safe, since I haven't the remotest idea how to find him. You know, an outworlder can't hide behind a mask. Not from the Sirenese, at least. There are four of us here at Fan. Rolver, Willibus, you and me. If another outworlder tries to set up housekeeping, the news will get around in short order, believe me. And what if he heads for Zundar? I doubt if he'd dare. On the other hand... What? What are you looking at, Sir Thistle? That forest goblin... Wait! Sir Thistle! Hacksaw, Angmark, don't make a move or I'll kill you. I have a power pistol. You're under arrest. Sir Thistle! Sir Thistle! Are you sure this is Angmark? I'll find out, Sir Kershaw. Angmark, turn around. Hold up your hands. Why do you molest me? I fear that a case of confused identity exists. Sir Forest Goblin, Sir Moon Moss seeks an outworlder in a Forest Goblin mask. He asserts that I am an outworlder. Let him prove his case, or he has my retaliation to face. I am sure that Sir Moon Moth does not mean... Let him demonstrate his case, or prepare for the flow of blood. Very well, I'll prove my case. When I pull off your mask, we'll see your face. That will demonstrate your identity. Set this he sounded his tooling gong. Careful, he's taking out his scimitar and... Sir Forest Goblin, please put away your sword. The Moon Moth is not familiar with customs. Run for it, Thistle, or you'll be killed. Hurry! Run to Willibus' office. Lock yourself in. laughing. Show some respect. Take the boat offshore. Tonight we remain at Fan. I shall be in my quarters. Do not disturb me. Moon moth. Look at this. Gray skin, stupid lace flaps, this is a dignified presence for the consular representative of the home planets? If I still have the position when Crow Martin hears about Angmark getting away. Computoid, connection mode to slave quarters. Rear deck, connection mode to slave quarters. 
Toby. <laughs> I am honored by your communication, Sir Thistle. Tomorrow morning, you and Rex take the long oars, scull the houseboat out to Outworlders Cove. Contact me when Sir Rolber, Sir Wellibus, and Sir Kershaw have also docked their houseboats. As it pleases, Sir Thistle. What is it? Master, now Sir Rover has also docked his houseboat. Also? What time is it? Toby, who else has docked their houseboat? Why didn't you call me? Master, if it pleases you, the first houseboat to dock was Sir Willibus. Knowing you were asleep, it was for your comfort that I waited until now to give you the message. Is Sir Wellibus still here? As it shall be, Master. Sir Wellibus has already departed his houseboat. <sighs> and what of Sir Rover? Master, to enlighten you, Sir Rover wearing his tarnbird has also climbed to the dock. There, he was not pleased to speak to a sand tiger. Not please, sand tiger. Toby, do you know who the sand tiger was he was speaking to? Master, though I did not have the great opportunity to acquaint myself with the identity of the sand tiger, I am pleased to announce that the sand tiger has boarded our houseboat and now wishes to communicate with you. Me? He's aboard? Oh, where's my? Oh, you're already... I, um... <laughs> and what is your business, Sir Sand Tiger? Dawn over the Bay of Fan is customarily a splendid occasion. The sky is white with yellow and green colors. When Muriel rises, the mists burn and rise like flames. He who sings derives a greater enjoyment from the hour when the floating corpse of an outworlder does not appear to mar the serenity of the view. What? While I made my way to your houseboat, my slaves have linked the corpse to the stern of your vessel. He floats there now, maskless. You will wish to administer whatever rites are prescribed in the outworld. He who sings wishes you a good morning and now departs. What? Excuse me. Oh, my God. Computoid, open report composition mode. Status on Haxo Angmark. Report composition mode open. Requested Haxo Angmark. Capture dead or alive. Stage condition of capture. Dead. Very dead. State details. I... I am looking at the body of a man floating alongside my houseboat. It looks like his age is um, 45 to 50, medium build, nothing unusual. State hair color. Uh, sort of 
brown. Describe features. His features are uh, bloated. State cause of death. I, I have no idea how he died. Reconfirmed remains are those of Axel Engmark. Who else could it be, right? Rolver and Wellabus have already disembarked and gone about their business. Oh, although it could be Matthew Kershaw. I haven't seen him. And No, no, scratch that idea. I see his houseboat over there, tying to the dock. And there he is, jumping ashore. He's in his cave owl mask. That's Kershaw, all right. So uh, my three outworlder colleagues have been accounted for. This is obviously the corpse of Angmark. Your assignment is complete. Reformat formal report in preparation for transmission. Reformatting. No, wait, hold it. Return to report composition mode. Resuming report composition mode. Kershaw told me that another outworlder would be quickly detected here on Cyrene. Angmark might possibly still be at large, and he could keep hidden by... No, forget it. Delete last thought. Resume previous function. Reformatting. Toby! Master, it is to you I offer myself. You and Rex see that a suitable container is brought to the dock and that the corpse is transferred to the container and that the container is conveyed to a suitable place of repose. Should I be needed, I will be at the landing field with Sir Rolver transmitting a message. Now move! Sir Thistle, you startle me. One moment, let me close the door. Ah. What brings you out so early? Have you been in my office long? Your slave let me in about an hour ago. I've been waiting for a response to my message. Oh, well, you know, there's no telling how long these things take. Transspace transmission times vary so much. Sometimes messages snap through in microseconds, sometimes they wander through unknowable regions for hours. And there are several authenticated examples of messages being received before they've been transmitted. I see. Um, so, what is so important you need to wait here for a response? It concerns the body I found tied to my boat this morning. I'm communicating with my superiors about it. That sounds like an incoming message. You seem to be getting an answer. I'd better attend to it. I'll load it into your computoid. Oh, why bother? I've been dealing with your slave. He seems efficient. It's my job. I'm responsible for the accurate transmission and receipt of all spacegrams. I'll come with you, Sail Rover. I've always wanted to watch the operation of the equipment. I'm afraid that's irregular. Give me your computoid, thank you. I'll have your message loaded in a moment. But... I'll turn on the monitors so you can hear it as it downloads. Download mode instituted. Initial outgoing message text. To Castle Cromartin at Polybulus. Outworlder found dead. Possibly Engmark. Age 48. Medium physique, brown hair. Other means of identification lacking. Await acknowledgement and or instructions. Signed, Edward Thistle, Controller Representative. Received incoming message text. Body not Eggmark. Eggmark has black hair. Why did you not meet landing? Serious infraction. Highly dissatisfied. Return to Polypolis next opportunity. Signed, Castle Cromartin. End of incoming message. 
Not very good news at Thistle. Here is your computoid. What? Oh, yes, thank you. Um, incidentally, Sarah Rover, may I inquire about the color of your hair? Me? I, I'm quite blonde. Why do you ask? Oh, just curious. <laughs> Now I understand. My dear fellow, what a suspicious nature you have. See my tarnbird mask parts at the back. Look at my neck back here. Blonde. Are you reassured? I guess so. Uh, by the way, do you have another mask you could lend me? I'm sick of this moon moth. I'm afraid not. But all you have to do is go into a mask maker's shop and make a selection. Right. Right, of course. What was I thinking? Good morning, Sir Moon Moth. Oh, what a remarkable mask, Sir Willibus. I've never seen you in that one before. Those are green glass prisms and all those silver beads. Yes, yes, they are. Uh, what can I do for you, Sir Thistle? I won't take too much of your time, but I have a rather personal question to put to you. What color is your hair? Black. I have curly black hair, as you can see in the back. Does that answer your question? Completely. What color? <laughs> What little remains is black. Uh, why do you care about my hair color? Curiosity. Oh, come on, come on. There's more to it than that, Sir Thistle. Here's the situation, Sir Kershaw. A dead outworlder was found in the harbor this morning. His hair was brown. I'm not entirely sure, but the chances are uh, two out of three that Angmark's hair is black. How do you arrive at that probability? The information came to me through Rolver. Rolver has blonde hair. If Angmark has assumed Rolver's identity, he would naturally alter the information that I received from Polypolis this morning. Both you and Wellibus have black hair. Huh. What you're saying is you feel that Haxo Angmark has killed either Rover or Wellibus, or myself, and that he assumed the dead man's identity? <laughs> Am I right so far? You're the one who suggested that Angmark couldn't set up another outworld establishment without giving himself a Let me continue with this. Rover delivered a message to you stating that Angmark was dark and then announced that he was blonde? Yes. Can you verify that? I mean, for the old Rover? I've never seen Rover or Willibus without their masks. Hmm. If Rover is not Angmark, if Angmark does have black hair, then both you and Willibus come under suspicion. Very interesting. Uh, for that matter, you yourself might be Angmark. What color is your hair? My hair? Brown, see? Well, you can give me a peek at your hair, but you might be lying to me about the text of the message. You can check with Rolver if you care to. <sighs> Unnecessary. I believe you. What about the voices? You've heard all of us before and after Angmark arrived. Isn't there some indication there? Not really. I'm, I'm so alert for any evidence of change that you all sound rather different. And even though there are mouth openings, the masks change your voices a little. <laughs> Before Angmark's arrival, there were Rover, Wellibus, Kershaw, and Thistle. 
Now, for all practical purposes, there are still Rover, Wellibus, Kershaw, and Thistle. Who's to say that the new member isn't an improvement over the old? But it so happens that I have a personal interest in identifying Angmark. My career is at stake. I see. This situation then becomes an issue between yourself and Angmark. You won't help me? Not actively. Uh, I've become pervaded with Sirenese individualism. I think you'll find that Rolver and Willibus will have the same response. All of us have been here too long. Anything else? No. But I do have a favor to ask you. I'll oblige if I possibly can. Give me or lend me one of your slaves for a week or two. <laughs> I hardly like to part with my slaves. They know me and my ways and they... As soon as I catch Angmark, you'll have him back. Anthony! Come here, Anthony! Are you sure you wouldn't like to have lunch, Sir Thistle? Spiced fish, shredded bark of the salad tree, and a bowl of native currants. It's so rare I have time between space grand reception to sit and eat. Well, I... Jonathan! Quickly set a place for Sir Thistle. He's joining me for lunch. Please sit, sir. Oh, thank you. And, uh, how are the investigations proceeding? Well, Sir Rolver, I'd hardly like to claim any progress. I, uh, assume that I can count on your help? You have my good wishes and my pistol, Sir Thistle. Yes, but uh, more concretely, I'd like to borrow a slave from you. Temporarily, of course. Whatever for? I if it's all right with you, I'd rather not explain. But you can be sure. It's important. Jonathan, you are to go with Sir Thistle immediately. And before you go, Jonathan... You may cancel Sir Thistle's lunch. I'll be dining alone. That's a reasonable request. Why not? Thank you, Sir Willibus. Uh, yes, Master. Whatever you wish, Master. Is Paul to your satisfaction, Sir Thistle? Or would you prefer a young female? <laughs> uh, he'll do very well, Sir Willibus. I'll just need him for a few days. He'll take care of what I want. Are you sure I can't interest you in a young female? Well, the boy can take care of what you want, but the girl can take care of what you need. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's the other way around. <laughs> Thistle, welcome. So, has my slave Jonathan been helpful to you? Yes, I needed some help, a chart I was compiling. Ah. So, did you come to arrange for passage on the Buenaventura? That's why I'm here today, Sir Rolver. Yes, you'd better reserve passage for one. Hmm, back to the world of maskless faces. Faces. Everywhere, pallid, fish-eyed faces. Mouths like pulp, noses knotted and punctured, flat, flabby faces. I don't think I could stand it after living here all this time. Luckily, you haven't become a real Sirenese. But I won't be going back. I 
thought you wanted me to reserve passage. I do. For Haxo Angmark. He'll be returning to Polypolis. In the brig. Well. Well, so you've picked him out. Of course. Haven't you? He's either Wellibus or Kershaw, that's as close as I can make it, and so long as he wears his mask and calls himself either Wellibus or Kershaw, it means nothing to me. But it does mean a great deal to me. What time tomorrow does the lighter go up? 11.22 sharp. If Axel Einmark's leaving, tell him to be on time. Is the owner of this houseboat still aboard? Answer quietly, as it pleases, Sarah Moon Moth. Master, while I have been sitting here on the dock, the outworlder in the mask of scarlet feathers, black glass, and spiked green hair has found it in his best interest to stand upon the deck. Tiring of this location, he has since re-entered the cabin of his houseboat. Fine. Mark, please don't argue or make any... Do you have his weapon, Gabriel? Good. Bind the fool's arms. Hmm. I thought... Oh, the red, black, and green mask was me? Take off your mask, Gabriel. See? Just the black cloth of a slave, Thistle. I, on the other hand, wear a mask of black metal with a knife blade nose, with eyelids that are socketed, and with three crests running back over the scalp. <laughs> well, if you were smarter, you would recognize it as a dragon tamer. <laughs> As if you qualify to be called a dragon. <laughs> I trapped you very easily. Yes, I guess you did. Have you finished knotting his wrist, Gabriel? Go. Get to your feet, Thistle. Sit in that chair. All right, relax, Thistle. Your arms are tied securely. Um, mind if I sit? How did you fix on me? I admit to being curious. Well, come now, Thistle. Can't you recognize that I've won? Don't make affairs unpleasant for yourself. And you know, I can make them unpleasant. I operated on a basic principle. A man can mask his face, but he can't mask his personality. Aha, uh -huh, interesting. Proceed. I borrowed a slave from you and Rolver and Kershaw. I questioned them. What masks had their masters worn during the month before your arrival? 
I prepared a chart and plotted their responses. Charts? <laughs> oh, fascinating. Reminds me of my school days. Rolver wore the Tarnbird about 80% of the time, the remaining 20% divided between the sophist abstraction and the black intricate. Wellibus had a taste for the heroes of the Candation cycle. He wore the Chelican, the Prince Intrepid, the Sea Vane most of the time, I think six days out of eight. The other two days he wore his Southwind or his Gay Companion. Kershaw, who was more conservative, preferred the Cave Owl, the Star Wanderer, and two or three other masks he wore at odd intervals. <laughs> well, this is quite funny. The slaves proved quite an accurate source of information, didn't they? They were. My next step was to keep watching the three of you. Every day I wrote down what masks you wore and compared it with my chart. Rolver wore his Tarnbird six times, his Black Intricate twice. I'm amused to remember all this. Kershaw wore his Cave Owl five times, his Star Wanderer once, his Quincunx once, and his Ideal of Perfection once. Wellibus wore the Emerald Mountain twice, the Triple Phoenix three times, the Prince Intrepid once, and the Shark God twice. Mm, 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 mm. I see my error. <laughs> I selected from Wellibus's masks, but to my own taste. And so, as you point out, I reveal myself. <laughs> but only to you, Thistle. Mm. Kershaw and Rolver already ashore about their business. Well, I doubt if they'd interfere in any case. <laughs> They've both become good sirenese. Stand up, please. I know it's impolite point, Thistle. Do pardon my knife. No! There we go. My mask! My face is exposed! Now I just remove my mask and put on this moon moth. Gabriel! Daniel! Ignore his face. Carry this man out to the deck, down the gangplank, and onto the dock. See that he's set on his feet. Angmark, no. I'm maskless. Now hold still. Stop wiggling. I need to fix this rope around your neck. Ah, there we are. Very good. Very good. You are now Haxo Angmark. And I am Edward Thistle. Wellibus is dead. Soon, you shall be dead. <laughs> oh, I can handle your job without difficulty. I'll play musical instruments like a nightman and sing like a crow. <laughs> I'll wear this moon moth till it rots, and then I'll get another. Oh, oh yes, and the report will go to Bolipolis. Haxel Angmark is dead! Everything will be serene. You can't do this. You can't do this. My mask, my face. His face! Please, please, my mask, my face. Set this man on his feet and return to the houseboat. And now I'll take up the rope of my prisoner. Follow me, please. Come along now. Don't make me yank your rope. Behold, the notorious criminal, Paxo Angmark. 
Through all the outer worlds, his name is reviled. Now he is captured and led in shame to his death. Behold, Paxo Angwark. His face, his face. Please, please, I beg of you. Everyone behold the criminal of the outworlds, Paxo Angmark. Approach and observe his execution. Angmark, on Edward Thistle, he's Angmark. Somebody please help me. Please give me my mask. Give me a slave cloth, anything, I beg you. See, in shame he lived, in maskless shame he dies. Moon Moth, we meet once more. Please stand aside, friend Goblin. I must execute this criminal. In shame he lived, in shame he dies. I will take that rope, Moon Moth. No, no, please. Someone throw a cloth over this man's head. Cut his bonds. Friend, seize this Moon Moth. What? That's right, friends, hold him. A week ago, you reached to divest me of my mask. You have now achieved your perverse aim with another. For shame, Moon Moth. Your strach is but worthless dung. But he is a criminal. He is notorious, infamous. What are his misdeeds? He has murdered, betrayed. He has wrecked ships. He has tortured, blackmailed, robbed, sold children into slavery. He has... Your religious differences are of no importance. We can vouch, however, for your present crimes, Moon Moth. Speak, Sir Hostler. This insolent Moon Moth, nine days ago, sought to preempt my choices, map. And you, with the universal expert, tell us. I am a master mask maker. I recognize this Moon Moth outworlder. Only recently he entered my shop and derided my skill. He deserves death. Death to the outworld, monster! Death to the outworld! And as for you, we have pity, but also contempt. A true man would never suffer such indignities. <sighs> My friend Forest Goblin, you malign me. Can you not appreciate true courage? Tell me, would you prefer to die in combat? Or walk maskless along the esplanade? There is only one answer. First, I would die in combat. Maskless? I could not bear such shame. I had such a choice. I could fight with my hands tied and so die in combat. Or I could suffer shame and through this shame conquer my enemy. You admit that you lack sufficient strach to achieve this deed. I have proved myself to possess towering strach. I have proved myself a hero of bravery. I ask who here has courage to do what I have done. 
courage. I fear nothing up to and beyond death at the hands of the nightmen. Then answer, who here has courage to do what I have done? Bravery indeed, if such were your motives. Not a man among us would dare what this maskless man has done. Pray, Lord Hero, as you can see by my universal experts, I am a master mask maker. Step into my nearby shop and exchange this vile rag you're wearing for a mask befitting your quality. Lord Hero? Yes, Bright Skybird. I have only just completed a sumptuous houseboat. Seventeen years of toil have gone into its fabrication. Grant me the good fortune of accepting and using this splendid craft. Aboard waiting to serve you are alert slaves and pleasant maidens. There is ample wine in storage and soft silken carpets on the decks. Thank you, friend Bright Skybird. I accept with pleasure. But first, a mask. Would the Lord Hero consider a sea dragon conqueror beneath his dignity? By no means. I consider it suitable and satisfactory. Come, I shall go now to examine my new mask. 